We would like to acknowledge and respect the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people as the traditional owners and original custodians of the land on which we are recording, along with their customs, traditions and their special relationship with the land. Gosh, now I'm trying to remember which moment made me cry the most. <laughs> Welcome to Switched On, an entertainment podcast by Swinburne University's The Standard. I'm your host, Emily Spindler, and today we'll be talking about the Final Fantasy series. Developed by Square Enix, Final Fantasy spans 15 numbered titles and many spin-off games, with the company currently working on a handful of new titles. This week, we're talking to The Standard reporter Thomas Bravender Coyle and Final Fantasy fan Bertie Cunningham. Hi, I'm Bertie. The first Final Fantasy game I played was Final Fantasy XIV. The, the MMO RPG. It's the one I've played the most of as well. So that's the one I mainly, mainly played. Hey, I'm Tom. First Final Fantasy I played, probably Final Fantasy VII for like a short while. And then I played Final Fantasy IX. And I'm Emily. I'm the host. The first Final Fantasy game I played was probably Final Fantasy IX. I used to beg my sister to let me watch her play it. And then she would give me the unplugged controller and I would think I was helping. Um, and then eventually, yeah, it's good fun. Um, and then eventually I managed to get permission to play it myself. So, yeah, it's a bit of a throwback for me. Do you have a favourite game in the franchise that's different from the first one you played? Mine is not different. Mine, mine's still 14. I, I love the story and the fact that I get to play with people all around the world and stuff i i think it's really fun i'm pretty sure it was final fantasy 9 that is my favorite it was i remember seeing an article about it in the playstation magazine when i was a kid and my brother and i were just like whoa we want to play this game so much right we remember i remember borrowing it from like you know the blockbuster when that was around and it was just like one of these mind-blowing experiences that i really loved it remains the best one for me yeah, definitely. I'm a bit in the same boat as you. I uh, I teeter between nine and ten as my favourites, I guess, because they have the nostalgia factor as well. Uh, but particularly like nine, just yeah, nine has a great storyline and great characters. And then ten was just so mind blowing for me as a kid with like just the level of it's like the amazing graphics they were so what I thought at the time was like really ahead of their time. So I'd say probably between those two is my favorites. For me, my favorites are kind of those earlier games. I have some pretty strong thoughts on a lot of the newer games. So I would love to know what you two think about the most recent games in the franchise. So this includes Final Fantasy 15, Final Fantasy 14, and the 7 remake. I haven't played the 7 remake. I really want to it looks really nice to me like I'm really open to Square like re-exploring some of their best outputs right and it doesn't like diminish the attraction of the original Final Fantasy 7 for 15 I really liked 15 you know people have complaints about it but I thought it had a really good combat system and story and you know it's like a bit of a boys road trip which um has issues but it, it was fun I liked it I've played a little bit of the 7 remake but mostly just watched 
uh, one of my housemates play it and just had a couple goes. Um, it's really pretty. Um, but I just, I think it's fun. I enjoyed what bits of the storyline that I've played. Um, and like I said, I've played a lot of 14. Um, I really love it. I, I think it's a very engaging storyline that manages to like, because it's a player insert character, that sort of stuff, sometimes storylines in RPGs, it becomes very generic and you don't really feel like your character's as much a part of it. But I find that 14 really manages to hit the mark between making it generic enough that anyone's character can be a part of it, but also making you feel included in the game. Yeah, 100%. And I do agree. Seven looks absolutely gorgeous compared to all the remake. Compared to the original Seven, which upon looking back on those graphics, I realise now how kind of dated those are with the kind of clouds questionable proportions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah see I had in my mind I was like oh seven wasn't that bad it was like you know old graphics but they still looked like people and then I was looking at some photos of the actual gameplay and I was like oh they're just little rectangles and ovals they've those don't look like people but um, it's like nostalgia fills in a lot of the a lot of the gaps there, you yeah know? Um, and not having seen anything like so much better than that when you first mm. see it and then you look back and you've seen so much better stuff and you're like oh <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting it's um I think it was well worth a revisit given it's one of the most loved games in the franchise and it, I think it had it um, beautiful pre-rendered backgrounds though and amazing world building and storytelling so I, it can be forgiven for a lot it was like it was groundbreaking at the time yeah, I definitely think that a lot of the Final Fantasy games, regardless of graphics, even though a lot of them, the graphics do hold up still pretty well. Um, over the 34 year span of the whole franchise, all of the stories seem to hold up so well in the world building. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on other reasons why the franchise has continued to go so strong for such a long time. Uh, yeah, like you said, like the world building and the story is really great across so many of the games and the fact that you know Square Enix seemed to have like that actual commitment to like making a really good game for their player base and caring about them that the the games just you know they feel nice to play and it you know that's that's why they hold up because from in my experience at least Square Enix generally genuinely seems to care about their player base and take on feedback and stuff and that's not to say other uh, gaming companies don't but some do and some don't and yeah yeah what do you think yeah they really showed that off with final fantasy 14 i think you might be talking about it yeah that's definitely one of the ones where i have noticed so much dev feedback and stuff um but i've seen some for other stuff where it's just like i mean one example is the um is in 14 when i believe one of the new job icons was causing trypophobia for a bunch of people and they Hmm. made a bit of noise about it and the dev team just like went and changed it immediately and we're like here you go there just there seems to be just kind of a a genuine want to make good games for people and it really kind of shows yes yeah, some good faith there it's always really appreciated yeah a hundred percent and I definitely think one of the great things about how they kind of operate is they take all of that feedback on board and I guess actually getting it actioned because you see a lot of game companies that'll kind of be like oh we we hear you 
and then nothing really gets done. So it's kind of good to see, good to see that they're actually doing something about it, I guess. Yeah, for um, sure. In terms of player feedback, I think it's quite interesting and I think it will be interesting to see how uh, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin goes. So I'm not sure if you're both across this one, but it's essentially kind of going back to the very first Final Fantasy's kind of story origins. And from the trailer, which has been widely divisive due to the fact that the main character, who is a generic emo boy, just kind of repeats that he wants to kill Chaos. I counted in about two and a half minutes, he says it eight times. It just, he came across so boring. Right? Just one note, right? You know, and the note is Chaos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah right I it was something else to watch when that trailer came out and just seeing the amount of kind of fan pushback and, and memes as well people thought it was hilarious and I mean I guess any publicity is good publicity but it was um yeah and then it also had a demo come out and I think for the first two days of that demo being released the game file was fully corrupted and no one could play it and it kind of doesn't bode that great for mm. the release but yeah I wonder if you have any thoughts on Stranger of Paradise as a game. I was looking into it a bit. I think there's actually quite a bit like to unpack. I was hearing that Tetsuya Nomura has a habit of just like throwing stuff at the audience and be like, what do you think of this in terms of the trailer? I wasn't a fan of the trailer at all, but this kind of reimagining of the first Final Fantasy, it looks like they're facing Garland in the Chaos Shrine, which is the first dungeon in Final Fantasy 1. So it suggests that there could be like an entire rest of the game after this. You've got these three three dudes. Like, where's our female character again? We're missing a fourth warrior of light. So are we going to have guest characters? I feel like there's a lot here. It's obviously like a darker take, teaming up with Team Ninja, who've done Neo and Ninja Gaiden. So it's not a numbered entry in the st- series. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I think it looks pretty cool, uh, mm. despite the fact that... Definitely had a shaky kind of announcement. Um, the trailer is, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> but uh, from what I've seen from a lot of the demo, once it started working, it does, like the combat mechanics look really cool um, and the, the job trees and stuff. I don't like the the UI. I think it looks really outdated, but I, I think it looks like it could be a cool game. I kind of I kind of like it. I really liked the... The redhead character, I forget the name. Uh, um, the character... Jed, I think. Jed? Yeah, yeah I think Jed. it was that. They look cool. Yeah, I did actually quite like the character. I, I don't know, they felt like the kind of like lighthearted relief of the yeah, sure. super super <laughs> grim, dark kind of vibe that they're going for. But yeah, I, I do agree. Like the combat does look quite fun. Uh, mm. But the way it was presented in the trailer where it was just the main dude kind of... I don't know, being super aggro and just like, oh, I'm a manly man. I was like, oh, seen it done before, but hopefully, hopefully it's good. I guess we'll see. Another game that is coming out in the franchise as well, I don't know how soon, I think it's a little while off, is Final Fantasy 16. So the next numbered game. And for me, this is quite exciting because it seems like it's going to be a return to kind of that swords and sorcery, semi-medieval kind of fantasy vibe which I so loved in kind of 
nine and I my main complaint about 15 was actually that I felt it went too modern and it kind of felt jarring for me and I know they kind of have this pattern of going slowly more modern and then they kind of jump back to like a super kind of fantasy based game so I'm super keen for it but I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that one as well I don't know too much about it main character's name is Clive they're focusing on like British voice acting so getting a bit of nobility here so a lot of focus on like summits like icons they're calling them and then the summoners play a really big role in the game world they're called dominance or something i guess they're focal characters for the sort of the warring countries uh with the numbered um entries you tend to get really big big stories you know with big world so i'm looking forward to that yeah i'm the same i don't know a lot about it I think from what I've seen, it looks pretty cool. Uh, I'm quite like you. I really like the swords and sorcery, um, really fantastical elements of it. Yeah, I, I like the the scene a little bit about the fact that it's going to have the icons and stuff, which I enjoy. I it's a, That's another thing that kind of seems to weave itself into a, quite a few Final Fantasy games. It's in 14. I know there's a bunch in 5 as well, which I haven't played, but one of my friends is really into. I think it looks pretty cool. But yeah, I don't. I haven't actually seen a lot about it. Um, I don't think there's a bunch out there as yet. I, I know we don't have a release date for it yet, but it looks really cool. You know, I'm starting to get deeper into Final Fantasy and trying to play more of the games and I'm kind of excited to maybe play that in the future yeah go down the rabbit hole I promise it's fun <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm starting I'm, yeah. I'm falling in face first yeah and with the sheer amount of titles and spin-offs and extra games you'll be you'll be kept busy for a while I promise so moving forward I did want to ask so the Final Fantasy franchise has a lot of really iconic and memorable villains and antagonists throughout the whole series so uh two that come to mind are Sephiroth and Kefka uh they're Mm. some of the franchise's best I believe a lot of people will agree and I'd probably add in Seymour from 10 just because I found him particularly I don't know spooky I don't know he messed me up um but (laughs) yeah I guess what do you think makes villains like Sephiroth and Kefka and Seymour so memorable their motivations in a way. Sephiroths were really mysterious. You had this sort of figure, you just heard this name and you saw this huge sword, right? And everybody speaks about him in hushed tones, but you you don't know what he's up to. And you, it's a, like a really long and involved backstory and coming to face him finally is, um, you know, it's a great experience. And Kafka is just, um, he's off his rocker. You know, he's, and he's the mad clown, right? He had a really great arc too. Other ones, there are some forgettable villains like Ultimecia in FF8 who doesn't really show up at all until like the real end of the um, game. What makes them memorable? Being, Being kind of present, I think, during the plot as the big bad guy because, yeah, in some games like FF9 included, the final boss... You don't, you don't really know too much about them. Have, having, yeah, mysterious motivations, right? I love that. Yeah, I I agree with you about the presence. It's kind of like mm. I would, I guess, kind of include Sin from 10 in that yeah. kind of list. I thought Sin as like a kind of overarching big bad kind of Cthulhu-esque Lovecraftian like 
he's there oh my god he's always there looming I don't know I thought that was cool and having him like ever present as like a he's you know he's gonna destroy the world at some point that's Mm. very cool yeah I agree the like yeah this kind of overarching like they're always kind of there in the background in a lot like I said my main experience is 14 they have the Asians who just constantly in the plot you're like oh I'm fighting this guy oh wait there's an Asian behind it you know you you have this kind of like weaving in somehow they're influencing everything that you end up doing from what I know about other games um, and the other ones that I've played it's not necessarily always as involved but I found that like a lot of the time they're woven into all the bits of the story and they just keep on popping up so you never quite forget that like that that's that's the villain you know yeah for sure I guess we've been talking a lot about how the series kind of like resonates or is memorable or holds up to time but I did want to ask do either of you believe that the Final Fantasy series might be starting to grow stale or do you feel that it's still as strong as ever it's a weird thing where they they do seem to still have a bunch of content that they want to put out and so far there hasn't been anything that ever feels like ridiculously repetitive. It does get to a point where I'm like, oh my gosh, they have, you know, 15 main titles. Uh-huh. When is enough enough? Um, it reminds me a little bit of Supernatural coming to so many seasons where it, it just got a bit tiring at the end and while I don't think that Final Fantasy has quite hit that point yet I am definitely a believer of you know quitting while you're ahead and I really hope that they do kind of you know decide when there's a point where they're like actually we can't make any more great original content I think that as big as the franchise is and as long as it's been going it's probably getting close to that point however I don't want to you know jinx it or anything um if they've still got great content to put out then who am I going to complain yeah I definitely agree yeah I think it it helps a lot that all the most of the kind of main titles because it's an anthology series I guess you would call it because the stories aren't always an exact follow-on from the previous one it doesn't feel like you have to play you know all of the other titles to play one you can kind of just pick one up and Mm. head straight in so I think that definitely helps I agree with you I mean they're definitely doubling back a bit and they're wanting to do remakes of some of their greatest games maybe it's just because I'm getting older and I've got such the nostalgia for old titles that sometimes the new ones don't um you know spring out at me as much anymore but Final Fantasy was all about reinventing their company and the wheel like with final fantasy one their company was like out of resources so they just threw everything at this one project as like a hail mary and they they took that philosophy forward like because it was such a success so that's kind of um what drives that series that it's like each each major entry is going to be something completely new right it's going to be a completely new world and new characters but that's going to drain on the creative juices after a while you know how, how long can you keep you know doing that right um but yeah I also want to see it keep going but they're, all, they're always innovative with their systems you know and trying something new and I do agree it's kind of like how many times can you reinvent the wheel before it's just a wheel again how do you both see Final Fantasy competing with other successful AAA franchises so things like God of War or Legend of Zelda. I think it's that has such a interesting world building I always come back to that they don't like getting stuck in like rote ideas even their sword and all their sword and sorcery tries to do something new 
and exploring new ideas and themes. They try and break the mould with this sort of RPG clashing with modernity. So I don't think it competes directly with a lot of other AAA titles. Final Fantasy has its own audience in many ways and it likes to cater to that audience and also draw in new players. Yeah, I was going to say similar. Like, I feel like Final Fantasy is almost its own genre in that it's very much created its own niche for itself and a very dedicated fan base. While sure it is like competing with other games in a sense that they're both out there, I think it's very much cemented its place in the game world that, you know, it it doesn't necessarily feel like there's a lot of push against other games. It's got its place and it's bringing in its wild kind of swords and sorcery. Then there's modern stuff, but it's all meshing in some way. Yeah, 100%. I have noticed recently with everything that's going on with Blizzard, a lot of people have been boycotting World of Warcraft and have been looking for a new MMO to call home. And I know quite a large group of those people have moved over to FF14. Bertie, seeing as you're quite a regular player of the MMO, have you kind of noticed a massive influx in players? Absolutely. A couple of weeks ago, it was actually before the major Blizzard boycott, but that definitely contributed to it a lot. I think a couple of WoW players jumped on over to 14 and they actually crashed all of the North American servers. Well, not crashed them, but every single world on the North American servers didn't have space for new players. And I I play on a North American server and the queue times to get in were ridiculous. But at the same time, it's been really, really cool seeing so many new players in the game. I have a bunch of friends who were really big into WoW who've tried switching over to 14 and some of them have loved it and some of them haven't. I think it definitely is a different game to WoW. Some people switch over and they're like, oh my god, this is so much better. I love it. And some people, it just doesn't present the same gameplay that they loved from WoW. It's definitely been like massive, crazy influx in players, which is wild. Yeah, and I guess with the mass influx of WoW players and having been a WoW player, I know the community there can get a little bit, um, for want of a better word, spicy. (laughs) Have you noticed any impact on kind of that community culture with the influx of new players or have you found they've kind of, I guess, fallen into line, so to speak? I haven't noticed a lot of salt and spice so far it definitely exists i've been in a couple raids where someone got real real antsy in the chat but i i definitely think that it's maintained its reputation of having like a community that is genuinely helpful and kind i think the main thing was when a bunch of wow people came over there were almost some people like gatekeeping and getting grumpy about the fact that you know suddenly there were so many people playing and oh no there's queue times how could these wow people do this to us you know what if they change our community for the worse and it's you know in doing that and saying wow people don't make our game toxic they were kind of being the toxic people themselves fortunately i've seen it die down a lot and most people have just been very welcoming i think definitely has you know been a a plus to the community to show that you know, it is one that can hold itself together when theoretically faced with a possibility to go down the drain. Yeah, for sure. Are there any big changes to Final Fantasy that you'd like to see the developers make? So throughout any of the upcoming games, something that you just wish that they would kind of do to I guess, keep it interesting? I think they've kind of dropped the ball with female characters recently. I mean, they had 
lightning in FF13. FF15 was four male characters on a road trip, which was nice, you know. But Luna, who was sort of Noctis's love interest, she wasn't developed much at all. She was just kind of um, just kind of there. I feel like they didn't utilize her character enough. I super agree. Even like a diversity of male characters, I sometimes feel like they definitely lean into the very generic like blonde slash white haired male lead the female characters most of the ones i know are either very much side characters or love interests and there just doesn't seem to be a lot of females in general like they're there but it would be nice to have you know one as like the you know a full main character taking a bunch of the story yeah a hundred percent and i think as much as 13 for i have my complaints about it i do think that it did kind of set a pretty good standard as far as like pushing for a bit more diversity in the characters in the game because then you also had Vanille, you had Fang who were the other two kind of female characters that were pretty badass I thought and even in the designs of the male characters there wasn't like still was like you know the white slash blonde haired kind of sad boys but they did have a bit more kind of diversity there but yeah it would be good to see that kind of follow through to the newer games I guess my other thing that I think they should take into account this is just a me personally I would love to see some queer characters in the game but you know I'm always gonna ask for that oh absolutely that would be you know the ultimate goal I I think that I mean not even just Final Fantasy games in general need to expand out you know having defined queer characters I know that Final Fantasy in some of the games and you know other games out there hint at queer characters you know they'll have NPCs where their dialogue can be interpreted as oh my gosh that one's gay but they never actually explicitly say whether a character is is gay or LGBT in any way. And I think that's the important thing. It's not the, yeah. oh, these characters are gay. You have to explicitly say it really for the for the diversity to really matter. Otherwise people could just ignore it and it's as if it's not there. A hundred percent. And going off of the changes you would like to see the developers make for future games, my other question is, what are the changes that you don't want to see happen? in the Final Fantasy series. So anything that you think you just absolutely would not want to see in the series? My immediate thought just goes to never remove buster swords and gun blades, but like... (laughs) (laughs) They're a classic. I I think they're pretty uh, Yeah, exactly. One thing that I don't personally don't want to see them do, but I know that they will because it's loved by everyone else except for me, apparently. I don't particularly love the kind of MMO style button mashing combat that they have shifted towards. I preferred the ATB system personally. I like being able to sit, have a bit of a think about what I'm going to do. I don't know. It just... It felt very jarring the first time I played one of the games and realized that the battle system was like entirely refreshed because it didn't really feel like a refresh to me. It just kind of felt like a, not a cop out, but I just didn't enjoy it as much. So that's one thing I wouldn't want to see changed, but it will be, unfortunately. Yeah, it might be slightly too late for that. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. I, I agree with you. It feels like you're mashing more buttons, but you're not necessarily doing more. Mm. I, I think that's honestly like totally valid. I mean, I enjoy button mashing, but I also enjoy the idea of a combat where you actually, you know, think about what you're going to do and 
each one has like a really defined purpose. But mashing definitely takes away some of the immersion in combat and really feeling like each of your abilities are, are really doing something. I think as much as I enjoy having so many buttons to hit me, like, look at all the things I could do. Um, <laughs> having that satisfying, like more tactical combat is, you know, something that I, I think games should keep on doing. Yeah. And like, I feel like that type of button mashing combat, I enjoy it in MMOs because I've come to expect it as, I guess, like just a feature of those kind of games. And I, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I guess when I've become so previously accustomed to kind of, yeah, strategizing and really thinking through like, oh, you know, if Titus does this, you know, can do that. And then to have that kind of not be a thing anymore. It's sort of, I don't know, I was disappointed when I discovered it, but I know that a lot of fans like the dynamic nature of real time combat now. And they're totally valid. I just wish it wasn't that way. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to ask throughout the whole franchise, any of the games you've played, what was the most impactful moment for you personally? Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't well, played the games. Yeah. Spoiler warning for, I guess, somewhat recent 14 content because mm-hmm. the patches are still coming out. But I think the most impactful part for me, gosh, now I'm trying to remember which moment made me cry the most. <laughs> Probably would have been the big reveal at the end of Shadowbringers of the Crystal Exarch's identity. I know it was something that a lot of people predicted and were expecting, and I was pretty sure I knew who it was anyway, but the way they did it and, you know, the Crystal Exarch revealing himself and then um, immediately just Emmett Silk pulling a gun on him and shooting him was just... That, that hit me real hard. It was joy, elation, shock, sadness, all of it. What about you, Tom? It's probably from Final Fantasy IX. There's this, like, scene where they're on an airship escaping from a sort of a farming village and a bunch of evil black mages are following them. And Vivi, one of the main characters, sort of protects them using, like, these fire spells and this amazing escape FMV. I remember just being, like, shocked by the graphic and also just, like, the sort of the music and the slowdown and kind of the cinematography. I don't know. It was really um, blew my mind then. I have two moments that really like did it for me. They're both from Final Fantasy X. So the first one is, I can't remember the exact name of where they are, but they arrive somewhere where Sin has attacked or Sin Spawn have attacked. And Yuna has to do a like sending kind of like ceremony thing. And she's doing, it's like a beautifully animated scene of her in the water on this beach shore. And there's all like absolute chaos and destruction around her. And she's just sending all of the souls to the far plane. And I don't know, I thought it was absolutely like amazing when I saw it the first time. I guess my second one would be when the team realized that the final summoning essentially means that some of them would have to die and that Mm. it's kind of a whole farce. I don't know. That really got me because I was like, wait, what? What about that, um, the scene where they confront Unalesca and Auron's kind of speech is probably like one of the best moments ever. Yes. Where he kind of goes, you need to face your sorrow. You need to stand up and fight now. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I love Oron. He's his best boy. Yeah, totally. So if someone came to you and they were looking to play a game in the Final Fantasy series for the first time, which game would you recommend and why? I always go back to these. It's got to be Final Fantasy 7 or 9. Like, I think 7 just has one of the greatest story arcs and sort of 
just the way all the systems work and progression. Like you go to Midgar and then it's such a long journey in Midgar and then the rest of the game world opens up. It's just like one of these wild moments. And I think FF9 is just like a collection of all these classic Final Fantasy tropes that's really well put together as well. Yeah, I 100% agree on 7. I would obviously say the remake just because I'm not sure if a new player would want to sit through the blocky graphics. Yeah, I don't know, the original 7 as well because like that scene with Sephiroth like coming out of the sky at Aerith, it did a number on me. Yeah, I I was gonna say seven remake like that that just even before I played Final Fantasy that was always kind of like what I pictured in my mind when I thought of Final Fantasy like cloud it just feels like it's the quintessential Final Fantasy for at least the mainstream kind of like what is the game about and then Mm. you can fall deeper down the rabbit hole from there yeah for sure you've got like the boy with the big sword and the spiky hair (laughs) and I don't know I feel like that's yeah definitely what comes to mind when I think of the series as a whole I guess a big thank you to our guests Thomas Bravender Coyle and Bertie Cunningham for coming on the show this week Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is set to release on console and PC in 2022 and Final Fantasy 16 will be available on PS5 in the coming years. This episode was hosted and researched by myself, Emily Spindler-Carruthers, edited by Jane McLucas, and the producer is Adithi Kuti. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Swin Journalism, Instagram at Swinburne Journalism, or check out our website at theswinstandard.net. Thanks for listening.